Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. All right. What a blessing. Ain't nobody can turn me around. Oh, man, praise God. Come on and give God some praise. Oh, did you come to praise him today? Well, if you came to praise him, we're going to have a treat for us today. We're coming today with one of our ministers who's coming for the very first time. I want to introduce to all of you, Reverend Terry Yates. He's coming to bless us. So give a great hand of applause to him as Brother Yates come to bless the Lord in Jesus' name. Uh-oh. I don't want to have to preach through the mask. Amen. Amen. God bless you, True Vine. Good morning to you. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. It's so good to be with you this morning. And to these men, God bless you. You. Amen. Amen. I, I, I said I was going to join them next time, but I don't want to mess them up. I don't want to. Hey, if, if, if I came up there, y'all wouldn't be good no more. That's all I'm trying to tell you. We want to. We want to make a joyful noise. Amen. Amen. It is so good to be with you this morning. We give God honor uh, for his faithfulness, his mercy, and his grace is above measure. And he just continues to pour out his favor and his blessings on us. To the pastor, the shepherd, the angel of this house, Dr. Jesse L. Grice, God bless you, sir. Thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. I don't, I don't take this lightly, sir. And uh, it is a privilege and an honor to all the, the reverends who are in the house tonight or today, deacons, ministers, God bless you. Amen. So glad to be in fellowship with the brotherhood here. Um, I give honor to my father who is here, hearing me preach for the first time. Amen. So good to have you here, Dad. God bless you. And, and my beautiful wife of 17 years. It is... I am so glad to be on this journey with you to my daughters, uh, Autumn and Sabrina, and my oldest daughter, Chriselle, who's at North Texas. I am just a blessed man. God has blessed me in so many ways. Amen. 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 And it's just an honor to be with you, True Vine family. We are so happy to be a part of this ministry. Uh, we are so happy for the hospitality that we have received from day one. And we are glad to be here praising and honoring God with you. Would you please pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for this day. We thank you for this hour. Thank you for allowing us to come in and fellowship with you. Now, God, I pray that you would soften our hearts, open up our hearts and our minds to hear a word from you. God, I pray that you would hide me behind the veil. May the words of the mouth, my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. God, decrease me as you increase, that they would see none of me and all of you. In Jesus' name, I do thank you and I do pray. Amen. 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 I would be remiss if I didn't send a shout out to the late Pastor Douglas Ray Compton. He, his prophecy to me has come to fruition like you would never understand. And so... Pastor Douglas Ray Compton, I love you, sir. Peace be with you. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. Matthew chapter 14, 
verses 22 through 32, I will be reading from the New King James Version. And when you're there, would you say amen? If you're not there, say wait for me. Amen, amen. We'll wait for you. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 begins like this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why didst you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. May the Lord have a blessing on the hearers and the readers and the doers of his word. As you take your seat today, I would like to speak from the topic, when the storm comes. When the storm comes. I grew up half of my life in Houston, Texas, born and raised in Galveston, went down to Port Arthur. And around the middle school time frame, we moved to Houston, Texas. And me and some of my friends on our way back from high school uh, one day, we was walking. And as we began to get to our community over in Channel View, we saw uh, we, we already saw the dark clouds. The rain was already there. But as we approached our house, we saw in another community, there was a tornado just tearing up houses all over the place. We could see the wood chips just flying in the air. And I thought to myself, hmm, that's a pretty mighty storm right there. And when I came into the military, living in Texas all of my life, the first place they sent me was Omaha, Nebraska, because the military got jokes. But it's okay. I get to Nebraska and they didn't have tornadoes there, but they did have blizzards. They had snowstorms. As a matter of fact, I lost my little white car a couple of times because the snow was so heavy I couldn't find where it was. But that's neither here or there. What I'm trying to tell you is is they had their own storm there. And then I went TDY. I had the privilege of going TDY, my first TDY to Kuwait. And when I got to Kuwait, they didn't have the tornadoes there. They didn't have snowstorms there. But 
uh, around the summertime, I had to wrap my face in cloth and I had to put on goggles and I had to cover up my skin because they had sandstorms there. And if it, the wind was blowing too fast and it was too hot, the, the sand could get on your skin and it could burn you. And then I found myself going PCS down to Florida. Florida really didn't have a lot of tornadoes there. They had a few, but not a lot. They didn't have snowstorms there. They didn't have sandstorms there, but they had hurricanes there. And I started thinking in my mind, there's no way I can go in this country, nowhere I can go in this world, nowhere I can go where there's not going to be a storm. No matter where I go, the storm is going to be with me. I couldn't escape it. I couldn't run it. Such as this thing we call life. You can leave one job and go to the next job. There's going to be storms. You can transfer from one school to the next school. There's going to be storms. You can go from one relationship to another another relationship there's going to be storms as a matter of fact you can even leave a church and go to another church wink wink they are going to be storms no matter where you go there's going to be storms in life you know when it's a bright and sunny day and then all of a sudden the clouds are getting dark you can kind of signify when a storm is coming there's going to be some signs in your life that a storm is coming your way. And I don't have to warn you about the walking storms that you have in your life. I ain't got to tell you about them because as soon as you see them coming, you say, oh, Lord, here they come. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know here comes tropical storm. Put whoever name you want to put there. They coming in the building and you like to turn and go away. You know them. Some people, some people don't want to leave here today because it's bright and sunny here at church. But you know when you go home, it's a storm waiting for you. Kids have oftentimes made up excuses that as why they don't want to go to school because there's a storm at school that they know they got to go to. Many of us have avoided family reunions and get-togethers and, and parties because we know if they show up, it ain't going to be a good day. The storm has a way of finding us. This storm is not the first storm that these disciples have run into. For the first time came right after Jesus healed Peter's mom. It was a miracle. This time it comes after Jesus has fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. Miracle. The first time Jesus goes out on the sea with them and he decides to sit in the boat and take a nap. This time Jesus decides to go up into the mountains to pray. The first time Jesus addresses the disciples as a whole for the their lack of doubt. This time, Jesus addresses Peter uh, individually for his lack of doubt. And we find ourselves moving from test to test. Oftentimes, when we don't do well on the first test, young people holler at me. The teacher says, I need you to take that again. Yeah, you know. You have to get a certain grade in order to not retake the test. And if the teacher feels like you can do much better, she'll have you take the test again. And so such as life, God puts us in a position where if we didn't do well on this last test, he said, I got to run you back through that thing. I got to make sure you understand what it is I'm trying to teach you. And so this time we see Jesus feeding the 5,000. A miracle has been performed. We see Jesus move by faith. 
The disciples have seen Jesus turn a small thing into a big thing. They've seen him turn what's inevitably nothing they can do with, and he's turned it into more than enough. We've seen Jesus and heard about what Jesus can do in the lives of our brothers and our sisters. And so we've seen it move and we praise and we shout and we rejoice and we leave the situation. And Jesus says, you go that way. I'm going to pray. Right after you celebrate the testimony of someone else, he says, you go that way. I'm going to pray. Right after you give your own testimony, Jesus says, you go that way. I'm going to pray because what he's about to send you to is going to test you to see if you're really riding with him or if you're just riding for what he can do for you. For it was John's account in chapter 6, verse 26, where he tells us after the storm, they got to land and uh, Jesus is talking to the people and he says that they wasn't following him for the miracles he performed, but what the miracles was doing for them. Jesus says, I want to see what you're really following me for. I'm sending you into this storm to see if you have the same faith I showed you, the same faith I taught you, the same faith you had in order for me to heal and deliver and provide for somebody else. Now I want you to see if you have that same faith for yourself. See, we can be great motivators. We can be great encouragers when somebody else is going through But when the storm comes to my house, I crumble for some reason. When the storm comes to my house, I shrink for no reason. I don't quite know how to do like Yolanda Adams says and encourage myself. So Jesus says, I'm trying to help you. The last time the disciples went out to see where a storm was, Jesus was on the boat. You don't think that Jesus knows what he's about to send you into. You don't think he knows he's about to send you on your job where you're about five minutes from slapping your coworker. I did. He, he, he knows. You don't think he knows he's about to send you home where you and your spouse don't see eye to eye. He knows. You don't think he knows, young people, that he's about to send you to school where they verbally bullying people. He knows. As a matter of fact, he makes it immediately necessary for you to be in the right place at the right time to experience such a thing. And the last time we saw him with the disciples, he was right there in the boat. As a matter of fact, it didn't bother him so much, he was sleeping. I imagine if he had a pillow, it was a slobber coming all down on the pillow. It was getting all, he was fluffing it and turning it over. And the disciples over there afraid. Jesus said, I'm tired, man. Y'all handle that. Y'all handle that. So this time, we see Jesus going up into the mountains to pray and takes on the thought that I've, I've sent you here before. There should be some type of maturity. You should have grown a little bit that the next time you see this storm, you know what to do. So I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to go up into the mountains to pray. 
Have the disciples' faith increased since the last time they went through a storm? Has your faith increased since the last time you went through a storm? Has your mindset changed since the last time you went through a storm? Ask yourself, how was your response the last time you went through? Why is God sending me through this again? Another thing that amazes me is that Jesus sent his disciples out and he goes to the mountains to pray. I don't know about you, but that sounds like good news to me. Can I remind you of Luke chapter 22, verse 31? He says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you and sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. Before you even get there, Peter, I've prayed for you. Watch this, that your faith faileth not. It's good news to know that whenever Jesus allows us to go through whatever it is we going through, he is yet interceding for us. Reverend Richie, I see you. I hear you. I hear you. He's interceding for us. Uh, When you see the storm is coming, when the winds are blowing a little harder than they should, and when darkness seems to come over and the areas of my life and it, and it looks like the rain is a little bit thick, it's good to know that Jesus is already praying for me. Let's look at verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And if you're taking your notes, I'd like to present to you today that when the storm comes, it can cause your vision to get a little blurry. The disciples were aboard this boat and the Bible documents the winds were hostile. So hostile that the disciples couldn't even see who Jesus was. Have you ever been in a storm so bad where it feels like you being tossed? The doctor has given you some bad news, you're being tossed. The job has given you some bad news, you're being tossed. Your friends and your family is tossing you. And the storm in your life is so heavy that you can't even see who Jesus is. You ever tried talking to somebody who had just went through a trial in their life and they end up snapping at you? Oftentimes, as parents, we'll do that to our kids. God bless you. We don't mean no harm. Uh, When we're in a storm and the kids are in the wrong place at the wrong time, collateral damage. The storm can blur our vision in such a way that the individuals catch our wrath that had nothing to do with the storm. I believe that Jesus sees his disciples in trouble and comes down to meet them where they are. And I believe that when we're going through, God will send people in our lives to calm us down, to get us refocused, to remind us that things will be all right. But because the storm is so heavy, Pastor, because the rain is so thick, I end up mischaracterizing who they are and why they're here. When the storm comes, I can lose sight of the fact that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, When the storm comes, I lose sight of the fact that my spouse is not my enemy. My child is not my enemy. My boss and my coworkers are not my enemy. My pastor is not my enemy. When the storm is in my life, I can lose focus on who my real enemy is. 
And this is why when we see people going through a storm, we have to give them grace and we have to give them mercy. Because if we don't, we can enter into the storm with them. I was having a good day, but as soon as I saw you in a storm and then you snapped at me, now you brought a storm upon me. Now we both in a storm and I don't know how we're going to get out this thing. Who are you talking to? Parents, sometimes our children can go through storms. You know, their vision can get real, real blurry. So much so as you have to look at them and say, wait a minute, who are you talking to? <laughs> I need you to go wipe your eyes real quick, right? I need you to get this heaviness out of you so you can see that I'm still your mama. I'm still your daddy. But we got to give them grace, pastor, because they're in a storm right now. And the vision is just a little blurry. Uh, Matthew 14, 29 through 30. So he said, come. Peter says, Lord, if it be thou, have me to come unto thee. And the Lord says, come. And Peter had come down out of the boat. And he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, somebody say saw. Yeah, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Second thing you'll find here in this text is that when the storm comes, it can cause us to sink. Peter gets out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. The water represents everything that should drown me. The water represents everything that should drag me under. The water represents everything that should destroy me. And yet when I keep my eyes on Jesus, as I continue to focus on him, I walk on top of depression. I walk on top of a rocky marriage. I walk on top of financial issues. I walk on top of health issues. I walk on people talking about me behind my back. I walk on top of all of the issues of life that should destroy me. In the midst of the storm, just for a couple of steps, pastor, I got my peace. Just for a couple of strides, I still got my praise. Just for a couple of long journeys, I've got the praise in my life. I'm coming to church in spite of the storm. I'm in fellowship with saints regardless of what's going on around me. I'm still in my word regardless of what the issue looks like. But there's a but. Here is where it gets interesting. The Bible says that Peter saw the winds boisterous. And what's so amazing about this phrase is the winds were always boisterous. They never stopped. It wasn't like when Peter stepped out of the boat, the winds ceased. Please understand that when you keep your eye on Jesus, the issues of your marriage ain't going away. 
When you keep your eyes on Jesus, the doctor's report will not change. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, the issues on the job ain't going nowhere no time soon. Yes, you were praying. Yes, you were walking on water. But the issues with your children are still ever present. So now why, why am I beginning to sink? Is when I chose to focus more on the issues than prayer. When I chose to focus more on the issues than praise. When I chose to focus more on the issues than fellowship. When I stopped coming to church. Holla at me somebody online. When I stopped fellowshipping with the people. When I stopped praying in the morning. Sinking. When I stopped calling the people that I needed to talk to. Sinking. I stopped praising God for what I have. And instead started complaining about what I don't have. Sinking. And everything that had always been going on around me, everything that had always been ever-present, and everything that had always been going on has now taken priority over my focus on Jesus. And now that which I was walking on top of has now caused me to sink. I'm going to share this with you, and and then I'm going to move on. Notice That when Peter saw the wind boisterous, he didn't blow away. I want you to get this. The same wind that is moving a boat from one side of the sea to the other side. let Let me put a number on this. Let's just say 200 miles an hour pass. I'm going to just throw a 200 miles per hour out there. 200 mile per hour wind that's taking the boat from this side of the sea to this side of the sea. Peter decides to walk out on the water and focus on Christ. And that same wind that was moving a boat could not move a man that may weigh 200 pounds. Imagine a tornado coming through San Antonio and You can see it moving cars from one side of the road to the other. You can see it tearing up houses and that same tornado that's moving and tearing up things. God allows your little 160 pound body soaking wet to walk right through that tornado and not be moved. The hand of God was still on his life and the storms in his life had no authority. If anything is going to happen to Peter for focusing on the storm, if anything is going to happen to you and I for focusing on the issues of life, thank God that it would allow me to sink right at the very feet of Jesus. What better the place to sink in the presence of the Lord? Thank you for not allowing me to be tossed. Thank you for not allowing me to be blown away. Why? Does he begin to sink? Why do me and you begin to sink right in the presence of the Almighty? Here it is, still in verse 30. The Bible says, Peter, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. When the storm comes, it can cause us to submit. Now, can I tell you something that I told you earlier? God knows everything, and he sees all. Question. Why would God allow Peter? Why would God allow me and you to sink right in front of him? He'll watch us sinking. 
He'll watch us struggling. We cry out to God. Jesus is not going to force his way into your struggle. Jesus is not going to force his way into your issues of life. Dr. Blocker told us on Tuesday, if you didn't get a chance to see it, go back and watch it, please. But if you missed it, I'll catch you up to this point. He says, Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. The Bible tells us, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. And he with me, Jesus is not going to force his way into your life. He's not going to force his way into your struggling marriage. He's not going to force his way into your door of depression. He's going to stand there and he's going to knock. Is that how you did it, sir? I'm struggling in my marriage, God. I'm struggling on my job, God. I'm struggling with my children, God. I'm struggling in my mind, God. And I'm going to stand here and knock until you invite me in. That's simply what Peter did when he said, Lord, save me. I'm inviting you to come where I am. Say, Rev, 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 pray for me. I'm going through some issues. Yeah, I'll pray for you. I'll pray that you say, Lord, save me. Because I can't do nothing for you. And that's what the, world, the Lord wants. In my marriage, save me. In my finances, save me. In my ministry, save me. On my job, in my mind, save me. Because right now, I'm sinking. Let me wrap this up for you. After you have submitted and reached out and said, save me, the good news in the text is that the Bible says immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and pulled him out of the water immediately. He says to Peter, as he says to you and I, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt that I'm still your strength? Why did you doubt and took your eyes off of me? Why did you stop praying? Why did you stop reading? Why did you stop fellowshipping? Verse 32, he says, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. I'm done here, True Vine. When we cry out to God and he stretches his hand out and pulls us out of that sinking situation. I want you to know that the storms still do not stop. When he pulls us out of depression, when he pulls us out of anxiety, when he pulls us back on top of our marriage, when he pulls us back on top of our finances, when he pulls us back on top of our job, the storms do not stop. The issues of life will continue to go on, but now Jesus is walking with you. I need you to understand that when he pulls Peter 
out. They still have to get to the boat. And in the midst of getting to the boat, the Bible does not tell us that the winds stop. So it tells me that Jesus and Peter walked through the same storms that Peter was always walking through. The issues of life will not stop. But when I got Jesus walking with me, the same winds that couldn't knock me down is yet again the same winds that can't move me. True vine, don't be moved by the storm. Don't focus on the storm. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And in the midst of the storm, you'll be able to walk on everything that should destroy you. Walk on everything that should kill you. Walk on everything that should take you up out of here. When I got my eyes on Jesus, I'll begin to walk like him. Talk like him. And that which should bring me under, I'm standing on top of you saying, I got this under control. And when he gets back to the boat, I don't know if your boat is two weeks from now. I don't know if your boat is two months from now. I don't know if your boat is two years from now. But whenever you get back from the boat, whenever you get back onto the boat, the winds will cease. See, you have to understand that the boat represents the original place of confidence I had in Christ. The boat represents the original place I trusted him to say, God, if it's you, bid me to come to you. So Jesus has to get you back to your original confidence. He's got to get you back to your original trust. And then the storm will cease. Ha. Ha. God is waiting on you. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.